sidekicks and henchmen out there in the geek nation you're currently tuning into the cult pop podcast live stream aka spoiler alert episode number 733 where we will review this week's comics as well as talk about fun pop culture stuffs and fangs i put whipped cream in my coffee i'm your host johnny destructo owner of johnny destructo's hero complex at 4327 main street wistfully adorned to the uh, eclectic quilt of art, culture, and commerce that is the neighborhood of Maniunk. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey. Each week I try to come up with new and eloquent ways to introduce this person. He's my friend. My rock. My certified notary, my safety net, my moon stars, and Pluto. Hashtag still a planet. That's right. I'm talking about the voice so deep, you need to spelunk through each conversation Brian Lieb. Welcome to the conversation, baby. Uh, and Noel is also here because he wrote himself into the notes. Whatever. Wait, who wrote that last thing? Because I got to tell you, JD, I didn't say much about it, but I really liked it. I really ah. appreciated that intro. It was cool. Yeah, um, all, uh, peak, but, go ahead. All, all props for things that you enjoy are mine. Anything you don't like is, is because Noel. of Noel. I liked yeah. I liked all of that. I was flattered. Thank you. And then it was me. Um, I did it. Thank you. Who, I mean, JD, JD wrote it, but I, if I were him, I would have been so proud of the spelunking through a conversation because your voice is so deep. Oh, it's that good, was right? amazing. That was good. Yeah, I was, I was, was very proud of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like a new challenge every week to try and yeah. come up with a different way to describe where the store is located yeah. and how much I want to be on Brian just close cool. to him. Yeah. And when he says he was really proud of that, what he means is he's proud of me for doing it. Oh, yeah. That's the imperative yeah. every week. Like, JD, can you write a different this and a this? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're always like, he's not going to do it this week. Yeah, because I, yeah, it's, <laughs> and I have nothing to do with it other than inspiration. No. Yeah. Annoyance. Well, thanks Annoyance. to those who are joining us live on <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and share it with your friends and your frenemies. Mm. Uh, the joy of doing this live is that you all get to hang out with us, so pipe up if you have anything to say. Before we get into the comics this week, we've got letters! Oh, we have letters? We, we yeah. actually do. How many? Yeah. We have a letters. Uh, what, what is the name? Is, um, it, is it enough letter to facilitate an entire segment that we like to call the letters segment? See that scroll at the bottom? Exactly. I mean, it's, yes. Is that pluralization uh, accurate? Yeah, that's what no, I mean. Letter, okay. Well, I mean, there are a bunch of letters in the letter. Cool. And that's obviously mm. what we mean. This is from Grace McGovern. Thank you so much <laughs> for doing the show every week. Uh, we actually schedule our family time around it, like uh, the warm hearth <laughs> fire. Um, what other uh, cult, um, what's the word? Pop, cult, what's the, I, 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 pop culture? Pop culture podcast you guys listen to. Mm. 
I wasn't reading so directly the letter because uh, I didn't have that, but... You were reading That's I the name of the say. segment. Um, yeah, what other, what other podcasts do you guys listen to? So okay. many. I, I, well, no, I'll go first. Do you want to go, do you want to go first? Um, for movies, uh, slash film cast, uh, big fans of Jeff Kanata and David Chen and Devinder Hardware here. Um, Halloweenies from Consequence of Sound Podcasts. Um, how did this get made and blank check? How did this get made as comedians making fun of movies? Like how the hell did this get made and blank check, which I actually think you might appreciate Brian. It's the idea. The concept is that uh, a director or a filmmaker had a really big smash success. And then for the uh, rest of, or if like not a, a larger part of their career after that, they were given a blank check by the studio. So what they do is they'll pick a director and then explore all their movies. Hmm. So like they'll have a whole season on Tim Burton, hmm. one to two great movies. And then a lot of like interesting choices. Movies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but because it's Tim Burton, he got right. a blank check. Right. Uh, Jason Comics, Manzoukas is one of the guys on, uh, or he is the guy on um, how did this get made? Right. One of. One of. Okay. Yeah. I like him. Uh, comic stuff. I don't listen to too many comic podcasts anymore, only because we do this, and I don't want like to fall cater to groupthink. So after we record, sometimes I'll listen to iFanboy because I used to listen to them all the time. Same. But I never listen to anything before Sunday now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used mean, to. Uh, I used to listen to the the iFanboy a lot as well, but um, I had to stop because I didn't mm-hmm. want it to like influence my conversation mm. about the same some of the same books Indeed. brian do you listen to any podcasts uh not anymore really um not any at all i mean <laughs> this is my podcast allotment for the week uh, but i used to um i used to really like and it's still it's it's not really uh topical um so it's, it's probably still still good to listen to the cracked podcast ah um up through when the original team left and the other stuff i mean it was fine i just kind of fell off of it and it wasn't really what i was looking for it was mm-hmm. <clears throat> very interesting sometimes pop culture sometimes social science something you know just like kind of interesting stuff and they're enjoyable guys to listen to uh since the cracked podcast um the, the gentleman also- who was the head of that and then he mm-hmm. left what was his name jack o'brien jack he o'brien leave, and apparently is doing something now and soren Bowie. Uh, writes or has a role on American Dad now, not a not a speaking role, but like a yeah. behind the scene. I oh, saw cool. his name. I was like, "How about nice. that?" Yeah, uh, I think he's just like one of the writers. Um, well, um, some a bunch of the other writers also do some more news now. So like Cody yeah. Johnson and um, Stall. I forgot. Daniel Katie O'Brien. Stahl. Oh, Katie Stall. Katie, oh, she's Katie, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also so really like I, Michael Slam. I know. And, I, know I know that JD like gets annoyed. Like gets annoyed. Things are too long. The videos, but the podcast. Oh, I don't get annoyed. Get, I just I only make it about halfway through, and then I have to get on with my day. They're just yeah. too long. Yeah. Um, now, do you find that to be an issue? Because we go on, you know. But I always figured if people don't want to listen, they'll just stop. You know, there's, a difference, between, I do. Yeah. there's a difference between passive listening and like actually being sure. attentive to a video yeah, for yeah. thirty-five to forty-five minutes. I yeah. cannot. I do not passively listen to listen to um, anything while I'm mm. working. Mm. That makes sense. Um, oh, and the other one, JD, I believe you introduced me to this. Was we have concerns? Hey, which is Jeff Kanata and um, oh yeah, who's that other guy? Alex Aubrey. Maybe 
That doesn't sound familiar, but I believe it. No, no. Alex Albrecht was from the Totally Rad Adam Carboni. Carboni! Carboni. That's what it is. Carboni. Yeah. Um, And they were really good. They do, like, more science-y things and then, like, improv about the science-y things. Yeah, they're great. In the midst of it, it's, like, actual info and and just joking around. It's fun. Although I don't think they do it anymore. Yeah, they yeah. stopped a while ago. Yeah. Uh, what uh, I also listen to the Halloweenies podcast because I'm a big horror fan, mm. and uh, right now they have they've they've done the um, ho- they started with the Halloween franchise of all the films. They would do a deep like two hour to three hour dive on each of the Halloween films, and then once that season was over, uh, they went on to do Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, and now they're on the Scream franchise. So I started that yesterday. Um, I just like revisiting my old favorite slasher mm. films and then listening to that podcast. I hear there's a Futurama one a friend of mine uh, has recommended multiple oh. times. And he's like, it's great. The nice. um, Like, even even if you haven't seen, like, I'm, I'm a pimp for the Halloweenies. Even if you haven't seen or really care about those franchises too much, because I haven't seen all the Halloween movies. I don't want to see all the Halloween movies. But... The the five or six core cast members uh, are just so entertaining. But then also, they segment every single aspect of the movie making, yeah. And and like, you know, dedicate time to each one. So even if you're just interested in like movie making processes and and actors and s- film scores and like really deep dives, super super interesting. Hmm. It's really entertaining. Sorry. Uh, say, guys, uh, before we move on, can I? Assuming that we were about to. Uh, can I mention uh, Robert Monroe Jr. Last week we had a comment of his up on the screen, and so I saw his icon a little a little larger. And then after the show, I was like, "Oh, it, I, I kind of registered what it was." It is from a very cool comic, <clears throat> an old sci-fi comic. Um, so I just wanted to give mention to Robert Monroe Jr.'s uh, avatar. What sci-fi comic? So I you were going to give us the answer. I will. I don't remember <laughs> the name of it, but that's not the most important part. It is a um, commentary on racism, and it is an anti-racist thing. It had some difficulty getting published, as I recall. I don't remember the exact story, but the deal is that there is this spaceman. You know, he's like... Wait, before Spider-Man. you keep going. Yeah. But, like, in what? Is it EC? Is it... Yeah, it was probably EC. Adventures? Oh, okay. I don't know what it was. Okay. Yeah, one of those deals. Yeah, yeah. Um... And uh, he's a spaceman and he's going, you know, the whole story story sets up like it's just this sci-fi kind of thing. And (laughs) then the conclusion to this is, which was coming anyway, but is now longer. Oh, see, you uh, made it longer. Is um, that he takes his he takes his helmet off and he is a black man. Um, And the fact that he is an astronaut, like that was the stunning twist at the time, which luckily wouldn't be a stunning twist today. Well, spoiler alert. Yeah, well, that's the name of the show. Oh, it is. Let's talk about the next comic. Rorschach, (laughs) number seven from DC Comics by Tom King and Jorge Fornes. Here's the solicitation. I'll read it to you now. Will Meyerson might have been the creator of Punctious Pirate, the most popular comic in history, before he put on the Rorschach mask and tried to kill a would-be president. But he's not the only artist who worked on the character. Other (laughs) artists fell under Will's influence. And now, all these years later... His more renowned acolyte has fallen sway to Laura, the number one Myerson superfan. Is it possible she influenced another comic book legend into playing vigilante? The key here is the tape the detective is trying to decipher, the one with the seance that has been haunting him 
since the very first issue. All this and a cameo by Dr. Manhattan to boot. Ooh. I was behind on this, and I did not care about any of the issues leading up to here. Like, the first issue I really didn't care about, but then each subsequent issue, I was like, oh, that's a little bit more interesting. And it's each issue is getting a little bit more uh, engaging for me personally. And this new one, I caught up, I read the last three issues, and I read this last one, and I went, what the f- Really? Okay. There was a special <laughs> guest star in this one that I did not see coming, and Noel was like, Make sure you read this before uh, it gets spoiled for you. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm fucking reading. Was it Otto Binder? Was that who you were? Yeah, I was Otto talking? Binder, uh, the, the the incredibly well known um, inker from like the 1940s. He, he yeah, co created Captain Marvel, I think. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. a real dude. I was trying to tell uh, JD that pretty much all of them are real dudes except yeah, Will yeah. Myerson. He's the only one yeah. that's the fictional character. So when yeah when I when I saw this this new character. Uh, in this issue, I was very surprised. Pleasantly so. At first, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. But then the more I read it, the more I was like, oh, okay, this this kind of makes sense. Uh, and Nolan and I already had a previous conversation about this. What did you think, Noel? Um, well, are we are we spoiling it? No. 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 Okay. Right. Okay. So, um, uh, overall, the series, I en- I enjoyed it from jump, but when I realized that it wasn't going to be about Rorschach and really about the detective uncovering a clue per per issue. So it's it is a 12 month long deep dive of a detective through a case. And that's super fascinating to me. And it's the pacing is so incredibly well done. And Jorge Fornes' art is awesome. So the more the more and more it's becoming not about the Watchmen characters, the more and more I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So it's just been getting better and better for me. And I, I love this series. I have no idea where it's going. And this issue is an indication, of, like another indication of that. So a real, uh, a, a, the, the cameo character in this <clears throat> was jarring. It was yeah. jarring at first. And my first gut reaction was like this masturbatory bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but then as I kept reading it, I was like, there are real people in this world. This is the real world. Robert, I mean, Robert Redford's the president. Like this is just an alternate version of, of reality. And it stands to reason that this human being would have their own, like not everyone is fake at all. So like the idea of, of plotting this in as a part of the story in the comic book world, I was like, Oh yeah, great. And it's also starting to dawn on me that not only is this series, like a love letter to, the Charleston character or just Watchmen in general. It's also a love letter to the comic book industry because there's a lot of ciphers for comic books in the forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties that they're peeling back and people's belief in them and how dangerous or hopeful that could be. And like they, they take the superhero trope and they turn it into pirates. So in this, in this version of reality, pirate, comics were were the prevalent and the most popular not stupid idiots with capes right because they had superheroes too like they were yeah yeah. that's true yeah if you have you know you live in a world with actual superheroes yeah like let me get those pirates that didn't occur to me right and me either just now and but we saw everyone saw the amazing fantasy 15 cover yes yeah of course yeah with like Uh, the exact wording (laughs) yeah and the the idea too now like it, it it even it even Im- not improves. It doesn't like nothing will improve or detract, but it, it 
it it matches up with just the 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 original text with the crimson uh black crimson crimson corsair thank you the crimson corsair is that an actual guy or is that the guy from this comic no that's from the original watchman the the interstitials of the the boy reading was that his name the black pearl is that no the crimson corsair i've Either way, the anyway, fact that, that yeah. pirate comic books are uh, a part of this realm, a part of this norm in this yeah. in this world, and then being able to riff on that. And I also like, in this comic, we are slowly, it's slowly getting, it's getting more and more nebulous, more and more interpretor, inter- interpretory, because it's mm-hmm. the only the detective's perspective. And he's hearing these different stories. And as a, as a reader, we're seeing the different stories as like occur uh, by someone telling them. So we're seeing, we're seeing lies. We're reading lies as the readers. We know their lies. He doesn't know their lies. So it's turning into this thing where he's starting to see Rorschach everywhere. Mm. He's, and I don't know yet if this is his perspective and just kind of seeing Rorschach everywhere, or if it's a, it's for the reader. Or not. So, like, he's having a meeting with this character, and all of a sudden the character is dressed like Rorschach. So, is that a benefit to me, the reader, telling me that this person has been corrupted by Rorschach, or is the detective seeing Rorschach everywhere, which makes me think, like, what's happening? This is so weird, and I love it. You think he, the detective, is has been corrupted by this idea? The fact, so that's just it. Like, if intriguing. he is seeing Rorschach everywhere... We're potentially seeing, I don't know if you remember in the, I was telling JD about this. If you remember in the original Watchmen, um, Rorschach's psychologist starts having meetings with yes. him. And then uh, yeah, like yeah, by yeah. the end of that, it, he's just like, it's over. We're all going to die. Fuck it. And shoot yeah. himself. Are and we seeing, are we seeing a slow motion 12 issue version of that where the deeper he digs into Rorschach, the crazier he's going to become and... So he's seeing Rorschach everywhere and stuff, right? That's, I don't know, it's just crazy. I, well, we're I, also I dealing love with, how weird this is. Yeah, well, people have become... Uh, hi, Bendiana. Um, it, people have become Rorschach in this, right? Through, like, a uh, me yeah. in the Laura, earlier yeah, sense of the word. Laura, the, the young girl, has a theory herself mm-hmm. that we saw where Dr. Manhattan... <laughs> um, shot Rorschach into the atmosphere and he's everywhere and anyone so he, she sees someone special and knows that that's right you're a Rorschach yeah. and then she convinced that strong man to be her Rorschach she convinced Will Myerson to be mm-hmm. her Rorschach mm-hmm. so it's this it's this cultish indoctrination that's yeah. like slow moving uh, he's mm-hmm. t- uh, interpreting in this book and it's crazy it's crazy yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, right. are you enjoying this Brian? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, this is this is Tom King that doesn't uh, bother me with his stance. You know what I mean? It's like Rorschach is that kind of character. Right. Like he's, you know, um, although he, in what read to me as a very self-aware um, uh, couple of lines, states a condemnation of what I dislike about his work, um, where he's like, we think we're so great because we are like, ooh, what if it was uh, dark? But yeah. the real artists are the ones who can bring joy. Uh, like, they're doing something better. Maybe not real artists, but they're doing something better. And 
I took me a while to realize that kind of yeah. thing, which I thought was uh, exactly how I feel about a lot of his takes on like, you know, Mir uh, well, Mr. Miracle and, and uh, Adam Did Strange. Like, these were nice and you thought it would be interesting to make them not nice. Um, <laughs> so I thought that that was, that was cool. It was cool to read that. But yeah, I mean, this is his, this is the kind of story that I think uh, is already suited to the stories that he likes to tell, and I think he's doing a really good job at it. This one was good. I got to be honest, I read the most recent three issues last night, and the two before this, I was like, "Ooh, what a drag!" Like slow, just like not not interesting to me. Um, but sometimes that can be because I've got to read them to, you know. Yeah get to the third one for the show and so that's not always a fair commentary um but yeah i mean it was it was good and Noel, you mentioned something about um you know there are real people in this world and i think that's interesting to think of when what turley said to the detective um he's like you're like them you don't have a mask but that doesn't matter and so you know there's real people in this world and also real people are mm -hmm masked or not without the mask it doesn't matter uh which is also kind of you remember in the original one the rorschach ma mask was his face he referred yeah. to it as yeah. you know he's like i put on my face on you know that kind of thing um so yeah really interesting uh meditative or meditations upon watchmen and those themes and he's picked out some interesting themes from watchmen to meditate upon so yeah oh i'm also really glad that so apparently this Almost the entire series was done before they even solicited it. Like yeah. they had been working on it for years. Hmm. I am so incredibly glad that it's coming out. It's like on a three week schedule. Like this oh, book is coming out. Um, yeah. And I'm glad because if there were long periods of time between issues, this is such a <laughs> dense kind of intricate. Like you said, it's a slow paced book. If there yeah. was if there was a six month wait between books like we're used to with yeah. all Watchmen, yeah. anything. Yeah. Then I don't think this would be as successful for me. This would have been a wait for trade, fuck the world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, and sure. actually, Ben Dieno, who is joining us in the comment section, says, I've come to the conclusion that I can't read Tom King in issues. Absolutely love his writing, but it doesn't generally work for me in issues, mm. which I get. Yeah. I enjoyed reading a couple of issues in a row this week. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a theory about this that. Uh, you know, since we aren't spoiling the reveal here, I'm not going to mention the theory, but it's very intriguing and it's based but I have on something one. Noel said. And if it comes to pass, then I just want to note it and then we'll discuss it later. And if it doesn't come to pass, we'll talk about it too. Just nobody will care. All right. Home number one from Image Comics from Julio Anta and Anna Weschik? Weschik? When a young boy is torn away from his mother while seeking asylum at the U.S. border, something begins to change in him. And it isn't just the trauma, anxiety, and guilt you'd expect. He doesn't know it yet, but it's the onset of superhuman abilities that will change his life forever. So, yeah, uh, this comic book is very much in the realm of the real world, uh, featuring quotes from the previous president. And... Uh, it deals directly with, you know, children in cages at the border being separated from their families. Um, and I've seen a lot of people upset about this online. Usually people who go, Obama built those cages. It's 
for some reason, I don't know, they think that's important. Like, it's yeah. just an article about a comic and about a thing that's actually currently happening. Right. Um, Which but, they actually mention in the comic, that they existed before, and now something is different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pry, in it. Prying their, uh, what is it? No, what is, it, what is that called? No, um... No tolerance, zero tolerance. No zero tolerance, and they like just separate children from their families. Yeah, um, as a deterrent. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the art in this was pretty interesting. Uh, as far as setting up a real world superhero situation, I think it's kind of interesting. It really reminds me of Magneto, <laughs> and how his powers manifested at the, um, the during the Holocaust, being separated from his family. So in the movies, have, though, like, only right. Oh, is oh uh, is and, that only in the movies? Yeah, he's no, not even... they, they've, they've since red they since He is, okay, he is a survivor yeah. of the Holocaust. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which, uh, oh, do you have extra things on or your Wi-Fi near you? Uh oh, that's, that's in the freezing. private chat for you. Yeah, I read it out loud. Um, I know. So, uh, yeah, uh, I didn't realize that was only for the the movies, but it is part of current continuity in Marvel. Yeah, I think it really works. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, what did you think? Of this issue, uh, very very well done. It, very difficult to read because of the things that it is discussing that are difficult to experience and then to read about them. Uh, you know, I'm sure. Um, it's I found myself some of the worse or crueler seeming things wondering like, is that real? And I don't know all of the ins and outs of it. I assume that they are, you know, like they're not I, yeah. allowed to hug each other. The kids in cages. I don't know that's that correct. that's real, but my God, this cruelty um, getting into this position of like, well, this is what we're doing and I'm laying down the law and then switching off your emotions about doing these things to people because this is, these are the rules and, or taking joy in doing these things uh, to do it. Um, and then just not sending them back. You know, she's like, well, we'll just go. You know, if you, yeah. I, uh, it's that I don't understand. Just letting them leave. Right. Go home. Just send them home. Right. If they're, if they don't want to be here and they don't want to be separated from their family. Okay. Send them home. Right. But they're like, they were nah, coming to do here. a Tough. legal thing. Yeah. Like they're asking for asylum and they're not trying to sneak in, which I, I have, I, I probably wouldn't agree that that's a problem either, but right. they're not even doing that. Like they are asking for asylum. Just say no and and turn yeah. them away, but they don't want to. They want it as a deterrent. They want to. I don't think they want people here legally either. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it's, I mean? It's a it's decidedly guess. cruel response to something. That's my like purposely as well. exactly. Cruel. Yeah, right. When the when I read through this, there was there was a couple of exchanges that were so that seemingly so over the top that I was like, it almost dropped. It almost took me out because I'm like, no one's no one's that big of an asshole. But then I stopped myself. I was like, no, no, no. That These are like actual accounts and this is right. actual shit that right. was said. And yeah. great. I mean, the no like, hugging is, thing for me. Is real. That's it's real. Like, why? I know for a fact that's real. I believe it. I mean, I believed it before and I obviously believe, believe you. Um, it, it, but it's like, why? What is that preventing? What is that right. doing other than to make cool. their experience worse well, you and have potentially to, you, do damage to them forever. You have yeah. to understand, too, that the mentality or, or the the rules at these places were not they were not put in place by child psychologists who understand right. the necessities right. and or it's they were their detention centers. Sure. These are people that are used to dealing with murderers and right. and 
right. like you have a hammer just, every you're just prison guards yeah like exactly you have a hammer every guards a nail yeah. i i really i also really really liked this as much as you can like this right um i didn't love the art at all times mm. so a lot of the a lot of the the facial acting was fantastic and you really like it, whether they were speaking there was a couple of scenes in here that didn't need dialogue because the facial acting was so great but there were a couple times in the like the wider shots or in full body scenes where sometimes the proportions seemed a little off or they yeah. stopped with details in arms and hands and it mm. was they, like there was focuses but it, it didn't feel consistent throughout the whole issue. Everyone um, seems a little squat. I noticed. Yeah, yeah it, it yeah, was. Yeah, um, yeah. It was a little too squishy. Mm. Um, and a, and a book like this, a story like this, to me, would have benefited a little bit more from starkness, mm. from explicit starkness in the art. Um, but it didn't deter overall. This was a this was a phenomenal issue. Maybe it's yeah, the, I think the art focus was pretty interesting looking. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The way that they render his abilities, I think, is pretty cool, too. Mm. They're, like, kind of glowy sort of thing. Yeah, hands, yeah. I mean, not that we haven't all seen glowy stuff in comics before. I just think it's very well done. Um, you know, you're talking about the cruelty uh, of the people who are running this detention center. And just looking, whenever Image posts an article about this particular comic and looking at the comments that are underneath, I am not surprised. Uh, and, no. you know, we have... Some we have quotes in here, you know. We we talk about um, that they're the people who set this particular thing up, uh, or at least used it in this particular fashion. Currently, uh, is that they're illegal immigrants who prey on the innocent, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, these so-called parents use children as human paws or pawns, a way to get preferential treatment when they arrive at the border, and also. He was telling people that the only people, uh, the only folks coming over from Mexico are the rapists and murderers. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the fact that these people are in these cages and being treated like this, set up by a man who. There was another part of that. Express these points of views on these people. Was that? Yeah. The, the, the one from that quote that, that stood out to me, the one, but all Americans are hurt by the uncontrolled illegal migration of cold-blooded criminals. Like yeah. these are now this is uncontrolled illegal migration of cold blooded criminals and juxtaposing it to the, you know, mother son journey to safety over yeah. top of it, which is, I assume, more often than reality than not, you know. So this was heartbreaking, but I, I think overall uh, a story that needs to be told. I'm glad they're telling it. You know, they did a similar thing in the last season of Orange is the New Black, which surprised me. And I thought mm. that was really cool, too. Um, so hmm. I, I didn't watch past like season three of that show. I didn't. Uh, when did it end? Finished it up hmm. uh, two years ago. Hmm. You, you know, I also didn't realize that. I mean, I guess I never thought about the part of this where they where they enter the cage. Right. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that she would be taken from an office into a back warehouse room with giant cages in it and put in this cage. Like, in my naivety, I guess I assumed that it looked like a place with cages when you were walking up. And you know what I mean? Like, that she didn't know she was going into a cage until she was already through the first step and couldn't yeah. turn around. Yeah, that's and, how they get you. Right. Yeah, it's and like, like, like right this these, way, ma'am. 
right. learning all of these awful things in real time and no way out. Right. So like exactly. they yeah. started their journey um, under the pretenses of this was the uh, policy and we've got family and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And every new step sits getting to the border is, you can't go back now. This is what it is. We're yeah. going to separate you. Oh, we can't go back now. This is what it is. You're going to sleep in a cage. Oh, you can't go back now. Like Oh, and the way they separate them is um, they don't just say we're going to separate you. We're saying, I forget what it is, but they, under the guise of doing something like a physical like a or medical exam, a medical yeah. exam. Oh, parents go this way. Children yeah. go this way yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's so, good stuff. And they're just asking for help. <laughs> yeah. These people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The America asking for help. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Guardians of the Galaxy number 13 from Marvel Comics by Al Ewing and Juan Frigeri. New Age of Space starts here. There were soldiers, misfits, mercenaries, thieves, and a family. Oh. They were heroes, but times have changed. The oh. galaxy no longer needs heroes. It needs superheroes. Oh, they got me. Now, when the call goes forth, whether it's from a stranded team of planetary explorers or Emperor Hulkling and his Kree Scroll Alliance, the Guardians of the Galaxy answer. The new age of space brings a new artist, new headquarters, new costumes, new teammates, and an all new enemy. You'll have to see to believe. Get on board, true believer. It's going to be the ride of your life. This was fine. Um,. I've had better rides of my life. Well, you don't know it yet, JD, but later you I look like, back. I like when solicitations do like short descript sentences of like new, new, new. And I just want to keep going like new choices for dinner, yeah. new cars, new clothes, new, just new like the brooms. whole solution is. Yeah. <laughs> new Swiffers. Yeah. Uh, I, I, okay. I like this team. I like all of the characters that are in here. And even if I don't like them, I'm extremely interested about them. So um, other than that, the story didn't really grab me, though. But I like the new costumes. I like the characters. I'm, ex- I'm curious to see where they're headed. And what the hell happened to Star-Lord? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that like they don't really tell you in this issue um, because this is issue 13 of the current Guardians of the Galaxy run but it's touted as a new jumping on point as a new jumping on point I think it's fine um, as a number 13 it's probably better has anyone been reading 1 through 12 of this I read 1 through 6 tell me um, more while I eat these eggs so so as a jumping on point I think this this is shit um but as an issue 13, having read the first six, it makes me want to go back and get to here because this is it's like um, skipping three fourths of a season of a TV show and being like, oh, they're here now. I better just stop and go back and do this at a different time. Not I'm going to continue here because it's so fascinating. You know, like it's for all of the cool new dump you into the story kind of things there's like four or five references of shit that just happened or happened before. So no, no matter how new reader friendly, this might be every time they like, it's one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. It's, it's not a very good jumping on point. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks. It's not a very good uh, jumping on point. However, that first trade phenomenal. I was so surprised how good it was. Um, and I just didn't read the second one to get me to this point. But I mean, 
is it a spoiler for something that happened eight issues ago? Yeah. Um, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Star Lord is dead. Oh. He was um, at the end of the first arc. He was um, he sacrificed himself, and he was he was blown up in like a big black hole wormhole thing. Obviously, something transpired in the last like seven issues uh, to where I think he had been he'd been lost somewhere for hundreds and hundreds of years and had many, many different lives. So Uh he's back as this completely different person, you know, had a family, had a husband, had a wife, had a like the whole nine, like has lived hundreds and hundreds of of lives and years. That's the only thing I know about it. So he comes back for them. It's just been like a couple months. Gamora's like, why don't you come back to bed, brah? And he's like mourning lifetimes. Yeah. Which that's is cool, thing. but I kind of yeah. want to see that. I, I like. Yeah. I'd rather I'm sure go they'd back be and happy see to, that. I mean, that's our own fault for jumping you. on. Right. Like, you know, well, I mean, this was pushed as a like jump on point, yeah. like yeah. hard. So, the more I look about it, or the more I think about it and look at it, though, I, that seems to just be in the solicits. And then I see on the the like catch of the previously on page, it says thirteen colon. We're superheroes. And then I look at the cover, and on the cover, it says 13, colon, we're superheroes. Like, it states on the cover even more than usual. Um, well, um, the every every issue of this run yeah. has a quote. Well, no, I mean cover. more the number 13 <laughs> being the case. Like, they really, it's like they go out of their way more than usual to let you know. No, it's not. Now, all that being said... I've always loved the Guardians of the Galaxy. I love the oh, yeah. future version. I love this version. I know who these guys are. I've read enough comics from issue 287 or whatever to to just be fine. Um, as you know, as you guys have too. Um, yeah. But uh, I enjoyed it. I felt it very similarly to how you did, JD. Like what got me to get this was it wasn't this cover. I got a variant, and I was like, "Ooh, everyone on this cover is cool." Um, it was like Quasar, Philovel, uh, Novo is there, Super Scroll. I was on board. Um, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of, but see, there's a lot of like specific character stuff with even some of the people that you mentioned mm-hmm. that are not addressed. Not not that they need to be addressed, but they're just not, like so. That's not Philovel. That's a Philovel from a different universe where everyone's superheroes, and her moon oh, dragon wow. is actually an amalgam of two different moon dragons. One that died, one that's from the super. There's a lot of like intricate yeah, shit with this team looks like that or was around but there's a okay, lot of yeah. intricate shit with this team it, it's so this is a very dense book okay. yeah 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 um but so, again i'm interested to find all this stuff out yeah, yeah this is a great primer for oh yeah. i should go back right, now there you I, go. I i, I want to keep going forward it's more like i need to fill in the gaps which, which maybe in a trade focused cool. yeah. uh, uh economy or is that they're looking at is yeah. not so bad I mean, for them oh these guys them. These guys look really cool, these progenitors. But for being an 8 by 8 threat to Hala, they all get taken out pretty easily, right? You know, they're like, oh, my God, these these progenitors. And then each one is taken out by a single guardian of the galaxy with no delay. I, I think that's I think that's the so that's the stakes building. So like the, yeah. the guardians now, especially in the last like year or so, have they're very much not the ragtag team anymore mm-hmm. they're filling in the the space left by the nova Corps. they're living so up to the name it's not oh, yeah, is the nova Corps gone again it's, yeah they've been gone for a while 
Yeah. I'm glad that Richard Ryder is back though. Quite He's a long walk. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, and they, they haven't like said it explicitly, but like the roster keeps growing and the, the threats keep getting mm-hmm. bigger there. It's the guardians of the galaxy are going to literally, like you said, JD live up to the name. Uh, my question is I'm reading a previous run on guardians and Groot mm-hmm. got better. Groot was able to speak sentences. Mm-hmm. Now he's mm-hmm. back to, I am Groot. Any ideas on how that happened? Finish Cates' run. You son of a bitch. Good idea. I will, because Donnie Cates is great, and I'm enjoying that run. I will do it. Moving on to the Batman, the detective number one DC Comics from Tom Taylor and Adam Kubert. An epic tale begins that will take Batman on a harrowing, action-packed European adventure in a new miniseries by superstar creators Tom Taylor and Andy Kubert. A horrific tragedy in the United Kingdom sends a very personal and deadly message to the Dark Knight, one that will draw Batman out of Gotham City to investigate. From the moment he lands in Europe, Batman will face a difficult investigation and unheard of adversaries and find the assistance of a partner once more, all in the hunt for the villain known as Equilibrium. New villains, exclamation point. New allies, exclamation point. New waffles. A thrilling overseas adventure begins for the Dark Knight, starting with an extra-sized... (laughs) Starting with an extra-sized... 26-page debut story. What? How did they fit so many pages into the staples? Six six pages is extra-sized? Holy shit, DC Comics. Listen, this just emphasizes... The problem, one of the problems with DC Comics as it exists as a publishing company right now. Never mind the the um, distributing issues, uh, but the fact that a lot of the books are five ninety nine, six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine. Holy shit! To yeah. be like extra sized issue, twenty six page. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, twenty six pages was one ninety nine. Um, <laughs> ten years ago, Unbe- like, mm. would um, what, oh, I was, was about to start talking about this comic, but I'm mad now. <laughs> how, how much? How much was this one? Was this five ninety nine? This is three ninety nine. Well, depends on which cover you got. The regular, regular cover. Well, yeah. So that's the other thing is DC has their regular cover, usually about three ninety nine. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed, and a variant artist edition cover, which is <laughs> by artist edition, all it means is that there's no trade dress and that the whole the whole page yeah, yeah. is the art. And, and an artist it's usually drew it. on a on a what? And an artist drew it. The yes. artist edition. Yes. <laughs> and um the the cover stock is slightly thicker. Yeah. But I mean that's I don't have a problem with that, right? If, yeah. Like if you want to charge more for the cover stock thicker, you know, whatever. If there's an option that's cheaper, it goes yeah. a long way with me. You know. Well, it's you know, it's kind of a bummer because back when I was ordering previously for DC Comics for my subscribers, I would just get Half of the regular cover, sure. half of the artist cover. Yeah. But now the artist cover is a dollar more, so yeah. I get mostly the regular cover and like just a couple of the variant covers because I don't want to assume that subscribers want to pay an extra dollar for their comic book. Right. From the reseller perspective, it's not great at all. Like right. It's, yeah. 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 It like messes up my ordering. Before it was just like, yeah. oh, I have twelve subscribers, six and six, done. Yeah. So. Mars Comics says, hello, gang. And Darren oh, hello. Zimmerman says, morning, gents. Hello. Hey, D. But the, the issue itself was good. I, I, I like yeah. Tom Taylor. This doesn't have any of the staples that I usually enjoy from a Tom Taylor series, and that's probably because it's in regular continuity. But you know, usually he puts in some big, crazy, what-the-fuck kind of moment yeah. in his books. 
this is more, uh, what's the word I want to look for? Subdued. Uh, subdued. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, and so we've got Bruce. He doesn't have Robin. He doesn't have um, uh, Old Meg McGillicuddy. What's his name? Alfred. 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 He doesn't Alfred, have Alfred. <laughs> and um, he, uh, so he decides, I'm going to go on a vacation. I'm going to go to check out this shit over in London. And the one interesting thing about this is that the Batman in this keeps talking about how old he is. He's, he's he yeah. kind of, he, his inner yeah. monologue is very much like Dark Knight Returns. Mm. You, um, you said this isn't in continuity. Isn't oh, is it, it not? Not at all. Because oh, no, uh, it could be. Yeah. No, this is this is a future old man Batman. Oh. That does not read at no. all in this book. They have, they have definitely been doing the, I'm not as young as I used to be, my body is falling apart Batman I, for a while. I think it's and, more, I think it's more the art though. So like mm-hmm. this is, this is future and like um, everyone gone, him complaining about being old, but then also the new knight is the old squire and she has a new squire. That did this throw is, me off a little. Cause I thought this is yeah, yeah. Okay. maybe like 20 years from now, oh, an alternate 20 years from now. Yeah. That should have been explicitly 15, written. 10, 15. That would make I think sense. it's the art. Kubert is not drawing him as a near like a 50 year old or 55 year old in great shape kind of guy. You know, I, I imagine, I imagine Bruce Wayne. On the I imagine Bruce. I don't know. I imagine Bruce Wayne is going to, end up aging like tom cruise like the man's almost 60 but he <laughs> doesn't got access to all those Plus fancy you. skin treatments and such i mean he's yeah. a wealthy guy no yeah, I, I you know how he's got this kind of like buzz cut thing maybe he's maybe that's actually supposed to be white hair um i mean i don't i don't no reason to think that but uh yeah hmm yeah, yeah this, because it's, you know, uh, in continuity right now, there is no Alfred, and, and he's exactly. not in. You know, he's not hanging out with his son anymore. So right, and he's got he's like lost his money. He's he's not in his usual place. It, this is what I thought he was up to while yeah, Lucius Fox is doing his thing in Gotham. That's supposed to be like grizzled, not grizzled. quite, uh, not quite uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. Literally, all <laughs> I saw was, oh look, they gave him a different haircut today. Yeah. A weird old, old man. Oh wait, look at this man. one. Actually, it does look like white hair. In this, in this, uh, from behind. Either, either way, <laughs> like art aside, it's intended yeah. to be an older sure. Batman. This is a future Batman. Think uh, I started reading this or thinking of this as Tom Taylor's kind of riff on the Dark Knight. You know, right. like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do an old man Batman story. But okay. I don't know if it translates with the art. You know, because yeah. even in this conversation with the gentleman ghost, he talks about how how much he's changed. Yeah, and it. To me, under the under the you know under the prism of this is in the future, I read that as time has passed, not right. since I saw you last week. Right, and I don't know what Gentleman Ghost has been looking like these days. So he could, you know, well, that could be exactly. a current monocle. For all yeah. I know. yeah, he lost his monocle. He got really mad. <laughs> yeah, he'll do it. Uh, uh, well, what did you think of the book? I liked it. I um, either way, uh, whichever one it is. Um, I thought it was good. I, I love a good like Batman in Europe story. Um, yeah. Those are always fun where he goes, you know, he goes out. I like this kind of costume change is cool, too. It gives you a very, you know, why would he need to change his costume? Because he goes to Europe, but he does. It and it looks cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun story, a fun Batman story. Um, 
Oh, also, Squire, doesn't she have superpowers? No. Oh, no. Not, not that I remember. Not that okay, I or maybe she got and lost them or something. Who knows? I don't. I don't. Um, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I read Squire passively once in Morrison's run over 10 yeah, years yeah. ago. So yeah, yeah. I don't. That's about where I'm at. But yeah, they were like Superman in Gotham kind of for a little bit. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so this was, it was good. I was a little disappointed but uh, knowing that it's in the future has made me change my mind a bit about I, the reason for the whole thing. You know, is I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've seen guys, it before. I'm looking up because you guys are like I have this. I suffer from this malady where, um, if you question me four times about the same thing, I don't know anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, what's your name, Noel? It's Noel. Is it though? Yeah. Is it? Is yeah. it now? I don't know you what my name is. So yeah. I'm. Almost like I'm almost so incredibly positive that. Well, that's better you know, than an unyielding certainty, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, uh, but now that you've said it, it makes sense. Um, the The whole thing with him, you know, the reason for this, the everything that is happening being to even the scales is definitely something I've read before, but that doesn't necessarily make it bad. I was just like a little underwhelmed by that being the reason, but it doesn't matter too much to the way the story plays out, at least so far. Um, and it being older, I, it looks good. Yes, you did. Uh, well, I, I just, like- I went to go get a cup of coffee, so I, I may have missed, I missed the last couple of minutes, but we're talking about how the end reveals that whoever is behind this is killing a bunch of people that Batman has saved over the years. Yes. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Yeah. And this person has somehow gotten all of these people on a plane. Yeah, that part seemed a little hard to do. <laughs> yeah, I that yeah. I hate that. I hate yeah. that little bit. Like if he was finding murders all over Gotham City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and those were all people but like to get all of the get a bunch right. of only people that Batman has saved. How would you get them onto anyway, a plane? Onto a plane. Right. Yeah. Like they I all mean, want a trip to some place. Well, I was gonna say, like you guys, it's it's in in comic book logic. That's not really that big a deal. Like yeah. divert flights, yeah. uh, give away. Like you just need to. If he's saved hundreds of, uh, if he's saved tens of thousands, well, that's true. By transitive so property people. over time, one hundred forty seven is pretty easy, especially all coming from one city to one destination. Like from how Gotham. many flights out of Gotham go to? to like they it's bumped I, I did, two guys. It wasn't that bad. Already, yeah. it was mostly people that Batman had saved. Yeah, I, I, that wasn't that wasn't. Too, <laughs> and also, too, maybe maybe the Equilibrium Gang uh, fudges the numbers a little bit. Oh, this is the son of somebody he saved, so yeah. it's yeah, fine. They were enough. born after. Hey, nice. Yeah, I, that didn't bother me too much. It was. Um, I do like. I did like thematically like the idea of earlier in the issue. He had the conversation with himself about he can't actually stop crime. He can't do anything. All mm. he can do is save a life. He has mm. saved lives. So yeah. this new threat, taking that away to prove even further that he has no impact, no no footprint, is interesting to me. I think that's yeah. kind of cool. A, a different sort of emotional read um, when he's like, all I can do, he's not, it's interesting. He'd like to have been able to do more, but he's not super upset. Like, there is, a, seems to be a, a bit of solace in this, like, at least I've yeah. saved all these he's, people. Yeah. He's being pragmatic. Like yeah, he always does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's Bruce nothing was, wistful yeah. about it. Like I wish I could have done more. It's yeah. like uh, I'm not so stupid and naive to think that I could end blah blah blah. All I can yeah. do is save a life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I like the art of this book 
uh, yes. besides, besides the fact that it doesn't read as old man Batman, uh, there's this particular page that I have up right here, which is a full page layout where the establishing shot is the side of the building and Batman and all of the equilibrium members are falling and punching each other while they do so. And then we've got, uh, you know, diminishing panels that start up close and then move mm. further and further down so that when they land, they are in proportion with the scene that, the, yeah. that it's set upon. Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. a really well done yeah. uh, page. Also starting from, there's a progression of three starting from where they fall out down. Yeah. Um, and getting smaller as they would get from the perspective of where they fell from. Yeah, it's, it's stuff cool. like yeah. that. It's pages yeah. like that that make me really enjoy the medium of comic books. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. So this was fun. I, yeah. you know, I, I enjoyed it. I just had that one problem where I was like, well, OK, yeah. I guess now I know he, it's the future. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the fact that uh, the end was like, no, everybody on that plane was someone I saved. And they I do guess, like now that we know that there are yeah. hints in there, you know, like Squire or the new knight is like. Oh, you've changed a little. And she's like, oh, that was your influence at it. You know, there's like yeah. a life in reflection element now that mm-hmm. you look back. And I had said that that uh, it being um, it being people he has saved makes more sense as a kind of future type story. Um, yeah. yeah. He's in his twilight. Batman realistically or cynically, if you prefer, sees his crusade as large scale failure. Yeah, this is future Batman. Hmm. Where do you, where'd you read that from? Um, I was trying to Blimey find different solicits that don't talk about it. And then I found a couple, uh, like a review. Ah, on, so nothing uh, in the book. Okay. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was looking for the actual, like some mm. sort of other confirmation of it in gotcha. another publication. I wonder if it says anywhere in I Dark Knight Returns. It was on Twitter too. <laughs> you know, or if what, we Brian? just know in Dark Knight Returns, like, do we just know by the art and the fact that the circumstances are different? And the circumstances are different in this. It's just that what else is going on in DC well, are kind of similar to it. You know. Yeah. The reason we know yeah. about uh, Dark Knight Returns is because when we first see Bruce Wayne, he has been retired forever, and also Batman hasn't existed for twenty That's a good years. Good point. And he's got that mustache. And he's yeah, got that, that mustache. Mustache. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, I didn't know from the book. I knew because I, I read mm-hmm. that it's gotcha. a future version. It might have been on Tom Taylor's Twitter too. Mm-hmm. This is an Elseworlds. This is a different story. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Uh, All right. Um, Hey, guys, if you're enjoying the show, you can uh, like and subscribe and share with your friends. Please like and follow us on Facebook. We stream there as well as Twitch. Uh, You can go to Facebook.com slash Cult Pop Podcasts. If you want to help the show out with your hard-earned dollars and cents, you can go to www.com. No, that's not how the Internet works. www.patreon.com slash Johnny (laughs) Destructo. Or just go to www.com and let me know what's there. Because yeah, I've what never would typed that into yeah. the internet. I think it would just shut everything down. The uh, that's, the, that's the kill switch for the internet. Yeah. yeah. Like, www.com. Would ever be cool enough to com. type this in. We'll yeah. make this the universal end switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, who knew, who knew uh, the internet's uh, downfall would be the equivalent of one, two, three, four, five as your combo? Um, <laughs> you can go to uh, JD's Hero Complex at 4327 Main Street and uh, come visit my comic shop. Uh, let's do some thunder rounds. Who wants to go first? Thunder rounds. Brian, you said the word, so you're first. Which one are you going to do? I am going to do the one that I read some of, as opposed to the one that's, that I read none of. Jules Ooh, Friends I Lighthouse. like that. Here we go. All right, I'm going to put 60 seconds on your clock. Let me know when you're ready. 
I am ready now. All right, 60 seconds and go. Here it goes. Um, this was like an exposition factory in the beginning of this book. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's based on something written by Jules Verne, which I ended up looking up a little bit. If, is it based on something or is it just a, a general feel? And I, I think it is this story that Verne wrote that takes place on a lighthouse on Earth. And even though Verne wrote some of the earliest sci-fi, I don't think that story was, but this one is like a sci-fi adaptation of that. And sometimes when you read those kinds of things, you know, the, the motions of the story and the patterns that it, that it employs and um, can just seem a little dated and, and not um, move as you, would, as you would like them to do or be more expository or whatever. So I don't know how much of that is Verne and how much of that is the writer of this one. Um, I did not get that far. Shut up. <laughs> Done. Yeah. That was, I mean, it did, and we, okay. What? What? I mean, like, you didn't talk about the not book much. yet. <laughs> no, not much. But I mean, I, mean, I, I feel it, like, I feel like that's a, that's a, uh, is, is that a microcosm of what it was like to try and read that this That was my issue? impression of the book. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe it gets uh, better after the first six or seven pages. I don't know. All right. I'm going to do a Thunder Round. Thunder Round. For Nonstop Spider-Man number two by Joe Kelly and Chris Pacello. I'm going right, to... Nice... Oh, you have I'll it? do it. Great. I'll do it for you. For you. Oh, for me, he'll do it. And are you ready? Ready. And go. All right. So I really enjoyed this second issue of Nonstop Spider-Man. The Joe Kelly writing is kind of fun and snappy. And it really is what the title says. It is nonstop. All of the panel layouts are at like a 30 degree angle. Everything is very off kilter and strange from the artist Chris Pacello. Normally, I do not really like his style, but I think it really works well here. And we have some drugs that take the intelligence from the people who take them and give them to other people. They like broadcast brain matter to other folks to make them smarter. And so we're dealing with uh, really, really smart villains, quote unquote. And uh, there's also an element of, of racism to it because a lot of the people who are having these, the, the pills given to them are people of color who are really intelligent. And then bad things happen because they're taking this drug. Um, I think this is off to a great start. I'm really excited about it, and it's a much different experience. If you're not enjoying Nick Spencer's Amazing Spider-Man, this is the opposite of that. Uh, ASM is kind of slow. Round. There you go. And ASM, he just, it's no action, right? It's just kind of right. like in a coffee shop at the It's library. basically Stop Spider-Man. Yeah. It's just Stop Spider-Man. Spider -Man. Yeah. <laughs> Noel, are you going to do a Thunder Round? Thunder Round. Uh, you're going to have to wait two seconds. I didn't use my... Wait, two seconds. Waiting. Vamp, guys. I'm sorry. I'm uh, having technical issues because of the oh. you know, I, yeah. Here we so go. So, Brian, uh, yeah. you know what? I was watching the, the – um, speaking of mustaches, we were talking about uh, Bruce Wayne's mustache. We were. We were watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier last night, and I kept looking at Anthony Mackie's mustache. And okay, I was like, cool. it's so interesting that he, like, shaves his mustache down – mustache down so far down from his nose uh -huh. and he just kind of has this little john waters mustache like, across like a pencil a pencil like mustache. a pencil mustache yeah. and then it goes down and he's, uh -huh. he's just got a goatee sure um and i thought i wonder why he does that and then i had a revelation this may not be why anthony mackie does this mm -hmm. but i constantly have like my 
<laughs> my, my mustache hair curls mm-hmm. up, uh, up into the nose. Tickles, yes. It tickles my nose something fierce, I'll tell sure. you. Sure. So uh, I actually paused, <laughs> paused the show uh-huh. uh, while I was watching it with my wife, and uh-huh. I ran upstairs, and I trimmed my mustache down from my Good nose thinking. ever so slightly. Yeah. Uh, which and I you think... think- that your mustache hairs tickle Anthony Mackie's nose, and that's why he. Yeah, I, I think it's more of a style choice. Uh, as somebody with a full mustache, um, yeah. all you need is a comb. And no, I have a comb, but like yeah. literally the top ones Mine, just sometimes. Yeah, yeah you like just this? you just you cut any stragglers and you just use a comb for the rest. Now it, it, it could be also actually like pencil thin shave it. That's a style choice, not like a practical thing. See, I just brought it down ever so slightly. It's good. Is it working out? It's it's great. See, um, now, when I first grew, and this this could be also, like, maybe it just doesn't come in that much up there. Probably not. But when I was first growing uh, my goatee years and years ago, right on the sides, very, very light, barely, barely came in. And it was years before it came in full. And so I would shave, like, a little gap between the mustache and the bottom part. And and then down you know, under here. And it was because it was straggler, but it gave it this distinctive shape. And I liked it. Nice. And so I was down with it. Maybe yeah. it's something like that. My I just my don't, I just um, don't groom. my <laughs> hair my head hair does not connect to my beard hair, so I've got like a gap there. I don't, I can't do like proper mutton chops, uh, so I have to grow my hair a little longer. Oh, I got you. Yeah. I mean, I've never noticed in person, and I notice know, all the like time, and I want to be like, oh, but I don't. <laughs> but now, <laughs> I appreciate your your friendship, yeah. Noel, and the fact yeah. that you let that slide every time you see me. Except, but except you don't word. sing. Now that we're in public and live, I just want to let everyone know that I I feel bad for you. Mm. Thank you. You should. Yeah. And your, I deserve your, your follicle, pity. your your follicular, follicular? follicular. Yeah. <laughs> follicular yeah. challenges. I'm good now. So that's why I wasn't doing the timers, and I completely forgot when the timer goes off. Mm. It immediately takes up my headphones for the for the uh. buzzer, <laughs> and it drops off stream, so I can't hear anything you guys are saying. So, like, yeah. I don't do timers anymore. Sorry. Okay. Gotcha. No, it's all good. Well, I'm, I'll do your timer. <clears throat> sure. Um, let me know. What, <laughs> what, what book you doing? Uh, I'm going to do Joker number one by James Tinney and the fourth. Why and not Dylan number March. two? Number two. I mean, Joker number two. I'm going to talk about number one and then two. So this is a four <laughs> minute, one minute timer. <laughs> and go. <laughs> all right. And go. Um, so I was not interested in this book from from Jump because I don't really care for the Joker as a character all too much, especially if you're going to focus on him. But it was a nice surprise after the first issue to realize that this is actually like a Jim Gordon book. And this just is an extension of that. It continues the story and it's nice. Um, Jim Gordon has to reconcile with Batman as well as reveal to his daughter. He knows that she's Cat, uh, that she's Bat, uh, Batgirl and Oracle. Batcat. <laughs> Um, but they, there's just a lot of really great conversations in this book. There's, uh, motivations revealed as to why the Joker's doing what he's doing and who's after him. Um, uh, the plot thickens as to who hired Gordon. Um, uh, Gordon has a really wonderful conversation with his daughter about what he knows and how he knows it. And then she calls him to the carpet about what he plans on doing. And he makes a deal with her that doesn't make it completely it, it, it keeps stakes on well we know that, we know that Gordon's, shut up never speak of it again yeah. we know that gordon's not gonna i was in a club one friday a lovely lady comes walking my way she walked up and she said hello i said hi my name is joe oh are you done no are you done joe 
God damn how it. He, how did he know? Did he just figure it out because he's Jim Gordon? Makes sense. So Ben Diano says, this is why I love this podcast, Comic Books and Mustaches. Thanks, Ben. Hey, when we were vamping, I was uh, I actually had something to talk about. Can I give a quick plug to a backdoor uh, pilot that really Back- surprised me? Yeah, it's a guy that flies into your asshole. <laughs> 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 uh, I, it's years and years of training uh, <laughs> yeah it's not an overnight thing so now i'm thinking of did you ever see the the terrible um uh starburst commercials the little jet fighters that shoot yes. flavor into the starburst <laughs> yes. those are backdoor pilots that's exactly it yes. yeah <laughs> go on brian so um the painkiller uh backdoor pilot on black lightning Black Lightning is a CW show that I watch oh. on um, on CW, and <laughs> yes. they, uh, it's it's a good show. It's a decent show, and they but it's coming to an end. And uh, there was this character that was introduced a while ago, Painkiller, and they thought he could uh, he could have a show of his own. And <laughs> they um, I didn't know what to expect, but it turned out to be this very cool, um, like futuristic. Uh, I believe Afrofuture uh, sort of elements, if I understand it correctly. Um, very cool. I thought it was taking place in a Madripoor kind of place. Um, you know, the, one of these like cities where anything goes kind of things. And it turned out to be this like well shot, psychological, again, meditation uh, kind of thing where he's got to, he was turned into a weapon and now that weapon lives within him. And he's like, we're not two people. We're one that was split up, but he's kind of at war with himself, but they don't want to be. And uh, really like high tech sword, like sword fighting future stuff or things that we could do now, but just don't like um, uh, public phone booths that are video phones, you know, futury, but we could do it. And just really surprised me. And I really hope that it gets picked up as a show. So I recommend everyone go check it out. Killer. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is an episode of Black, Black Lightning. Lightning. Yeah, yeah, this most what recent episode, episode. Um, the the one that aired this past Monday. I don't, gotcha. I don't know the. Okay. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, oh, but yes. very cool, very cool. Uh, all right, Lock and Key, Sandman Universe crossover number one from IDW and DC Comics, written by one of my favorite authors, Joe Hill, um, and it says Neil Gaiman, but I don't. The solicitation actually... did, but he's not on there. I nah. Mm. No, he's the creator of the Sandman universe, but he is not the writer of this series. Yeah. Maybe he just had some by, input, you know, like they talked to, you know, that kind of deal. Details. Yeah. With art by Gabriel Rodriguez, basically the Lock and Key team are doing this Lock and Key Sandman universe crossover. If you think you can unlock the gates of hell and just invite yourself in, you what? must be dreaming. Mm. The epic crossover between two of the most beloved fantasy universes in comics begins here. John Jack Locke is 10 years dead, but that hasn't stopped him from posting the occasional letter home from hell. Now, Mary Locke will do anything to save her brother's soul, including cut a deal with Roderick Burgess. Burgess? Burgess. Burgess is how it is. The most evil man in England. To search for answers in the house of mystery and risk the wake walking nightmare known as the Corinthian to help, oh, to find help in a disintegrating kingdom of dreams. So, 
I am a big, big, big lock and key fan. I think that that series is a lot of fun. I'm a big Joe Hill fan. I am a kind of fan of Sandman. I've read the first four volumes and haven't really kept up with it. Um, it can be a little ponderous for me, a little floral. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I was, I was really curious to see how this was going to go. So the setup is, um, if you haven't read Lock and Key in Pale Battalions Go, the three-issue miniseries that just finished, th- that leads directly into the events here. And we have something that takes place in the 20s, Brian? Yeah, it seems twenties ish. It's 20s-ish, def- right? I think that was World War One that they yeah. were talking uh, about. In the in the in the intro, it actually says it's ten years past Pale Battalion. So that was in the early. It was during World War One, so this would be the twenties. Yeah, nice. And um, <coughs> in Sandman continuity, it takes place. It's a prequel to the Sandman um, issue one, where mm-hmm. um, Morpheus is still bound by uh, the most evil man in um, in. Um, it's just England. There's none. There's other more evil people elsewhere. Um, so there's a uh, most evil competition per continent, <laughs> and he is just yeah. England. He watched out. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a book that I would give to anybody. I think you need to have some Sandman experience and some mm-hmm. Lock and Key experience. Would you agree, mm-hmm. Brian? Um, I didn't feel like I needed more lock and key experience than I had, which is essentially zero. I, um, we read that one thing, which was like such a minor offshoot for the podcast. And you have that key from lock and key in your shop. And I've seen it there. And And those are, yeah. And it's cool, but that's it. Um, but again, you know, like we're talking about with guardians of the galaxy, like, I've read a lot of comics. I've read a lot of stories like this. I didn't feel like I was lost so much as there's stuff that I don't know about or whatever. Um, and I have all the Sandman experience, I think, that that you can attain. And so that part I can't answer. Oh, very cool. I like the style of Lock and Key. I like the look of it and the look of the keys. And mm-hmm. man, when she gives away that key, I'm like, oh, it doesn't seem like. Something you should do with that. Right, yeah. Like, why don't you take him on the trip and ask for it to use those things? She gives him the anywhere key, which is you can just put a key into a door, think about a location, any other door anywhere, and it will take you there. Yeah. Does she have any way to, like, call it back to her or anything? No, I don't know that I'm aware of. Uh, and she even says, she even says, she's like, ah, well, hopefully he'll come back before I have to go home. Like, even if he intends to. You yeah. just sent him to Egypt. Like yeah. he's like a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> so, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm I'm somewhere in between you guys. I've read I read the first trade of of Lock and Key, and I only I've read everything or a lot of things around a Sandman except Sandman because yeah, it's 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 I have hesitation diving into it because it's so much. I have it. It's ready. I just don't. We've Whatever. discussed too, Noel, how, so I've got Sandman right there. We, we've discussed how the covers can be a little off-putting, right? They look like the style of comic oh, that, that art. you're yeah. not interested in. And I, yeah, exactly, um, yeah. Like, but, I wouldn't um, want to see that on the insides. But there is a, there is a lot, like, you know, just diving in, uh, having read pieces here and there, it is very ponderous and flowery. And yeah. after a while, to me, that's the most boring to read. I, I'm, 
it's it's almost masturbatory like look how great of a sentence i can construct and make you i'm like just tell me the story just tell me a story oh i have such a different opinion of the way he constructs i I, (laughs) that's my impression sure no that's fair not ready yet that is the experiences the limited experiences i've had all right um so reading this i had low expectations having just kind of like i just know about lock and key overall because i read the first trade hi bye um so the first half of the issue was interesting i was like okay cool cool it happens all before and i mean they spoiled pale battalions for me but whatever that's fine (laughs) um uh but then as soon as she goes into the house of mystery that's all gobblegook i have no idea what the fuck is happening and every single reference that they make to each other is nothing yeah wait like what at all what was Cain and Abel doing their whole shtick and everything that they're referring to and the shaper and this, there's literally no key of information that helped me through those scenes. There's no key of information? Hmm. Delectable. I see what he did there. I see what you did there. (laughs) Um, So actually... This is a tale of two books for me. Like The first half was fascinating. The second half was... It's like the the writer and artist clearly told me this isn't for you. Go read something else. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that too. It's I wondered why they addressed Noel. That's <laughs> weird. Uh, <laughs> even your anyway. last name. Um, they so just interestingly, uh, Cain and Abel pre predate Sandman. Um, I'm under, I, I'm familiar with the Bible, but this context <laughs> of them is this context of them. <laughs> this context of them is not that. It's something that's explicit to the Sandman universe, I assume. Because no, no, that's what I was saying. Is yeah. that they, they predate, in DC Comics, they predate Sandman. Um, cool. They are, they're from you the know, House of Secrets? Exactly. You know the House of oh. Mystery that um, John Constantine has? Oh, has yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, but, one of them lived in one, and one of them lived in the other. As soon as it enters that realm, mm. the book is no longer for me because they explain nothing anymore. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder. There's saying. no context for things. Yeah, I wondered how much when you see uh, brute and glob there, oh, which we're looking at on the screen, yeah. the the spherical guy and the big brutish guy, right? And I wondered, does it matter if you know who these guys are? So if I was reading a story and these two characters showed up in some like, it reminds me of the movie Labyrinth. You know what I mean? Like, there's just two weird guys there. And I know that they play a role in Sandman, but does it matter? And, you know, for you guys, it did. This is is a perfect scene that you're showing because Mm -hmm. there are one, two, three, four, five, like five or six visual references with absolutely no, like, context for me. So that's telling me that maybe this means somebody to someone that's really steeped, but Mm -hmm. here it's just... Well, Flowery. I think you could also look like, at it, it you know, if, if you're a new reader and you don't know any of these characters, I think it could also just be, she's in a dream realm. Right. Nothing has to make sense. It's all right. just a bunch of different different strange things that uh, she's seeing in, a, sure. in this dream realm. You know what I mean? Right, you don't right. actually sure. have but, to know any, I, of these, any of these references. But I know by the title that these are two specific IPs that are merging in a way, so mm-hmm. you don't read it with that, or at least I can't read it with that mm-hmm. complete blindness of... Uh take it away for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're putting things in the panels for specific reasons or for specific um, callbacks or member mm-hmm. berries. And it doesn't hit on me because I don't know what those are. 
God. not even even in context of the story if she's just passing them by you know they don't show anything else in the background it's just a man hanging and then a troll holding up a bridge is that supposed to be something because well, there's, there's nothing else in the background do you know yeah. what I mean? like just in general i think right? that troll is just just in the background i don't even know if he ever shows up in sandman that's there it is the idea yeah, yeah. that something means something and something yeah. doesn't but both are there so i don't i now there okay. there is something Should I on recognize, this not mean recognize right. well and that's something too that i find sometimes can hang us up with stories where we're like we wonder if we should know something and then we think if there's nothing to know then it wouldn't bother you if you didn't wonder if you you know what i mean um but there is something on this page the only thing that stood out to me as as being like, wow, they really don't convey this, but they probably will in the next issue is the guy at yeah. the end of this is claiming to be the guy that is hanging here. Right. That is very important. But you will huh? probably learn that next issue. Um, th- this guy is not who he is saying he is. Um and, I, well, I got that much, right, especially okay. when they didn't show him and then he pulls down and he's got mouths fries. I got that oh, much. Yeah. Yeah. I did not make a connection whatsoever that he's supposed to be the other guy that's hanging stabbed in the cage. That's what right. you're saying? Yeah, he oh, says okay. he's like, he's saying the guy in the cage is him. He's like, oh, that guy's this who, dastardly guy. Who the is The guy this? with the mouths. The guy with the mouths for eyes. Yeah, yeah who the, is this? He is named the Corinthian. Um which I think is a very cool name for a nightmare. I didn't um, make the connection that this is the guy that they talked about. You wouldn't. And I don't know that they even, like, you'd know for sure if you read Sandman, <laughs> but I get the sense that it you're going to find that out. Like, she doesn't know this either. You know what I mean? And you Well, no, I mean, like, even the way that it's laid out, I just, I obviously I understood that he's bad. He's right, not right, right. who she thinks he is, right. but not... For a single stitch, did I make the connection that he body swapped with yeah, that yeah. other visual reference right, from right. three pages earlier yeah. at all? And 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 hopefully that's the kind of thing that isn't necessary, right? That you'll when she figures out who he is, it will become clear that you know, like this could exist without Sandman ever having existed, and you, the audience, has the wool pull over your eyes too. You know, yeah, yeah. So. It's well done. Yeah. I, I just, it's, it's, yeah. I just don't have the um, vocabulary to enjoy this fully. Gotcha. Right. Hey, Brian, who's this, this man in the hat who says whom? He is. So that was one of the other parts that I was like, oh, that's definitely just a nod. And what they're doing here is just, I think, the part of the story where they wander through some Sandman stuff for a little, you know, just to show you for fun. It is uh, a guy named Fiddler's Green. Hold on. And Samuel I, David is he's <coughs> signing off. He's he's checking out. And I want to say happy birthday. Tomorrow is his birthday. Happy fifteenth uh, birthday tomorrow, Samuel David. Happy birthday, hey, wonderful. Happy birthday. Yeah. All right, buddy. Good. See you later. Great. Happy birthday. All right, Samuel good, David. Brian. So that is Fiddler's Green, I believe is his name. And if I recall, we were talking last week about a part in Sandman where when there is a mountain there, it has always been there. And yeah. when it is not there, it is never there. I think he is associated or is that mountain. I forget. I think Fiddler's Green is a real place in England, which Gaiman does sometimes. Um, And this is like the personification of it. He's like a, like a vizier and a, to, to Morpheus. Shaper is um, Morpheus means shaper. And that is what the Romans called. So they refer to him sometimes as Lord Shaper. I didn't know that at all. I just kind of, 
Yeah. Yeah, I didn't cool. know yeah, that yeah. either. I just got it from context clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But in the real world, like, that's you, you know, must now. be talking about Morpheus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I would say if you're not into lock and key or Sandman, don't bother with this. Yeah. Uh, but if you're into lock and key and Sandman, fucking bother with this. Yeah, bother with it. Well, yeah. if you're only into lock and key, semi bother with it. Maybe after a couple issues. Maybe, and we'll see. Also, because this it's could, more it, a lock and key story so far. Yeah. Yeah. But when it when it delves into Sandman, it's a little like okay. Uh, all right, Spider Man, Spider's Shadow, number one from Marvel Comics, the last book of the week from Chip Zdarsky and Pascal Ferry. What if Peter Parker became Venom? Peter Parker once put on an alien suit that nearly destroyed his life. But what if he'd never taken it off? Ignoring every warning, Spidey embraces the dark symbiote, haunted by terrible nightmares and exhausted by an endless barrage of bad guys. Peter can't seem to catch a break these days. So when the hobgoblin attacks, he finds a hero at the end of his rope and vulnerable to new dark impulses. Spider-Man is about to change his rules. But is it truly Peter who is in charge? So I grew up a fan of the What If series from Marvel Comics. And each one was a different issue. One issue story saying, what if blank happened? And it would take a a story from within Marvel continuity and say, what if this other thing happened instead? And what if everyone in the Fantastic Four got the same powers? Or, you know, what if the Hulk was as smart as Bruce Banner? That kind of thing. Yeah. Or what if Peter Parker became Venom? Yeah, that, yes. that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, invariably, they would end ter- terribly. They were sort yeah. of like little Always. horror stories. Almost, <laughs> so right? It always yeah. ended so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I'm excited that these are back and it's, it's more of a mini series. Uh, it'll be a series of mini series now. And I kind of like that as well. And it started off with one of my favorite, what if stories, what if Peter Parker became Venom? Mm. And I thought this was really solid. I like the art by Pascal Ferry and, um, Chip Zdarsky does a, does a pretty mean job. And I like that Hobgoblin shows up the original Hobgoblin, which was a long running question in amazing spider-man of like who is the hobgoblin oh yeah and here he's just like bam it's this guy um (laughs) yeah yeah, so having the symbiote kind of helps him a little bit but uh yeah i thought this was fun it definitely speaks to the member berries that uh that i have for the uh late 80s early 90s uh comic books from spider-man so this was aimed directly at me so uh what did you guys think of it brian uh, I loved it. I similarly I love what if stories. I love Elseworld stories. You know the what if this thing was different. What if what if Spider Man swung shooting out of his left arm one time instead of his <laughs> right, and then Ego the Living Planet destroys Earth because of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I love them. I love that kind of thing, and this was no exception. Um, I love to see that it's back. It's mm-hmm. been a while. Um, and it, one thing that I thought was a little strange, they usually set when it's a, a what if they tend to have happened or much earlier in continuity and they will take place at that time, you know, um, and costumes will be as they were at that time in, in comics history and that kind of thing. Except here, uh, Fantastic Four, they're wearing outfits that I don't recognize at all. And I wonder if Pascal Ferry was just like, hey, when am I going to get to draw the Fantastic Four again? I got this cool idea for a costume. And yeah. it is cool. Uh, oh, and the way that he draws the symbiote Spider-Man, phenomenal. Really good, like, black-suited. Like, good playing with the 
blackness of the suit that like mm-hmm. blends into itself and its surroundings. Um, I, uh, yeah. yeah, I, um, I, there are some chunks of the art that I actually didn't like, but mm. it was never parts where he was in the suit. Like all mm. the suits are awesome, but there's some, there are some face, there's some faces or some facial acting that were just a little odd to me. Um, also too, like I, I, I just overall dislike it when they make domino masks, just outlines. Yeah. It's so weird to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like a, it's just. I awful. drew it on with an eyeliner and no one can yeah. tell that I'm Felicia uh, Hardy. Yeah. Across the board. <laughs> that's just, she just had like a makeup smear and it's like, see, I'm in disguise. Yeah. Um, no, I'm the black cat. Uh, there also, too, I think there's a couple of like dreams he had where he woke up and like his teeth were just floating in his mouth. It's just little weird <laughs> things. But uh, yeah. overall, this was really cool. Yeah, this was really, really cool. And I like that they're taking what ifs and exploring them for a couple of issues, because like you guys said, it was always just like a good mm. it was a good idea or good hook. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't really explore it at all and just like wrapped it up. And who gives a shit? So like it, yeah. you, we don't remember those stories based off of how they we're told we remember the good hook. Yeah. So a series of mini series, which if you read the back matter, that's what Chip Zdarsky kind of talks about. This is the first of hopefully many planned mini series where they explore for four to six issues, a what if, you know, like not just a bunch of quick eight page stories, which was really cool. Like, yeah, this is hopefully the start of something really, really rad. The way that he draws webs too, you've been flipping through. Oh yeah. Really good. They're like, black outlines around white which blend so, just like his costume yeah so that's a digital art phenomenon where mm. uh basically what he's doing is he's got his uh most of his inks on separate layers and the the webs themselves are on a, a layer on top of all the other layers and so mm-hmm. what he does is he's able to add you know when he's putting his pen to the digital paper mm. and he makes a stroke in white ink white mm-hmm. ink there is an outline already on the layer itself. So wherever you put Uh, white, it will automatically put a thin black line around it. uh, So that's, that's how you get that webbing uh, effect there. Um, Cool. Like where there's no line or where it crosses itself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, very cool. Is there a digital coloring way to do five o'clock shadow that doesn't look like just mud? (laughs) Yeah. No, Peter Parker puts mud on his face. It's part of his morning routine. <laughs> like oh. it's, it looks like dirt. And then they did that. <laughs> oh, I yeah. did notice one. It does kind of. Um, I did notice one thing in only one scene where you see a kind of close up of him in the suit, and it's and it's all black. They he just is like a little um, just burst of I don't know, brown or something right on his face, which I thought was it, like, it must've not looked like it had any three dimensionality. And I just thought it was an interesting choice. I think it's well, a little after this page. The, the, the full transformation or, or whatever the start of the full transformation is into venom. I really, really love that design. There it is. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. they did was he put a little bit of kind of a marker for teeth, but more than that made um, Spider-Man's face skeletal. So he brought the cheekbones out. He he elongated the jaw a little bit. So instead of it just becoming like a full bah, venom thing, he actually kind of subdued it in a really, really cool way. Like there, like I thought mm-hmm. that was really nifty, like gave him a brow, gave him like higher cheekbones, made him a little skeletal without going full edgelord wagging tongue about mm-hmm. it. Because this is Peter, not someone right. else. Right. 
Um, Although I, it I starts earlier than I realized when we were just looking with him talking to Black Cat. There's like a that. little That's bit cool. of that. Yeah, that is cool. I like that a lot. Very cool. Oh, you know what I thought was funny? When he goes to see the Fantastic Four, right? And it's just comics. Um, he's He descends on four webs, two of which are connected to his feet. So I imagine right before that, he was like, all right, I'm going to drop in. So I got to have two coming from the walls attached <laughs> to my feet for whatever reason. And that, I'll somehow uh, avoid stumbling on those. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah, this one, the, um, I don't know if you know that, but he actually, he also shoots webs from his butt. So he just, he just puts his feet against the butt web and, <laughs> Pulls and it out stabilizes, stabilizes with the. So this is just paint. like having toilet paper on his shoes, kind of. Yeah, it's a quick clean, but clogs up, <laughs> clogs up toilets like nobody's business. Uh, Hal says, I haven't read a Spider-Man story in a while. I'll check this out. It sounds cool. I dig that back. Mm. I have started nonstop Spider-Man and digging it, but I'll check this one out too. Nice, Hal. Yeah. I, I, you should definitely do it. Yeah, let us know what you think. I, I meant, to, I think I meant to, to bring this up after after your your Thunder Round because I I read the first Thunder issue Round. nonstop and I just didn't love it. But then also I was reading Amazing and then dropped it. Like I think I have a problem with Spider-Man and issues because I love reading runs in chunks, but. I always drop off in issues. Hmm. I, I don't know why. Like, Fair do you guys have characters like that? There's like you. There's nothing wrong with the character. It's just you. Just something about it in issues. It's like I'd rather wait. I have never really gotten to the trade wedding. Honestly, there are things that I have read in trade, but I don't think I've ever said um, I'm going to wait to pick this up in a trade. I'm. It's not that simple. Okay. It's not. I'm prefer this in trades it's i'm reading it in issues mm -hmm. and more and more it keeps falling to the bottom of my stack to the point I where gotcha. i completely lost the thread and it was like you know yeah. what i'll wait to read these i don't I know gotcha. why like it's yeah. not a i only prefer it in trades it's yeah i usually like for some reason spider-man issues just fall to the bottom however when mm. i finally do read them all in chunks yeah they're fucking great and i love them you know it's but interesting because i have in, sort of in weekly issues i can't do it i don't know why yeah one of the things this was years ago, but and I love Spider Man, and I and you know I never had a problem um, with the frequency of issues. But then when Amazing came out three times a month, yeah. it was like I like all of these. For some reason, this is making me not read these issues. And then that was that was when I stopped reading reading Amazing Spider Man. So it's not exactly the same as your experience, but it's similar. Well. I, it's not dissimilar because I think I I, I started feeling um, fatigued around Hunted. Right? It was mm. it was ten Too issues much. long, but then it was also weekly. Mm. Like it was already biweekly, but then it ended up being weekly because they they had their point HU issues. So it was like every single week was another Spider Man story, and I was just like, I I mean, I think too much of a good thing is a yeah. problem. I I, yeah. I want to like take time and not marathon through it. Yeah. So I just ended up falling off because even even normally that book is biweekly. Like I blinked and it's on issue forty five. I'm like, ah, yeah, this is I'm, a lot. I'm the Spidey guy. Like I yeah. I have read Amazing Spider Man since the '80s and I haven't missed uh, many issues. Mm -hmm. But I agree, I agree. You got yeah. just one a month is fine. Don't, yeah, we don't need it. Exactly four issues a, a month, which um, is interesting because uh, DC did weekly series to varying levels of success, but yeah. fifty two was great. You know, but that was the That's point because of it, is they were called, exactly. they were specifically weekly series. 
Exactly. Also, it wasn't it wasn't a weekly series about one person every yes. single week. Right. They yeah. had roaming plots, and if exactly. you if you remember, after that they did their Trinity weekly series, mm-hmm. and it was only about Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and no one read it. After a while, they just fell off because it, whoa, whoa. That was it, it became. Which is well, where the I Earth think, One is supposedly connected to that, but it was so under underwhelming. Like, they just dropped. I feel that like entirely. the trick, the trick to that kind of uh, publishing, where it's just all the time, needs to be like roaming stories or rotating yeah, stories. I think you're right. Not like stretching things out so decompressed with one character that they yeah, yeah. become fatigued by them. Yeah. Rishav asks: Is will there be a Spider Verse? I there is believe. One. So now he could be talking about two different things. I think there is a sequel in the works of that movie, but what I think he's talking about is in the upcoming Spider-Man movie, will they be addressing a Spider-Verse? Oh, it certainly know. seems certainly seems like it, but who knows? I don't know. There's a bunch of um, what do you, what do you call them? rumors? I mean, Alfred but, Molina just said who he is playing and all that stuff. You know, Doc Ock. Yeah, again. yeah, and they're digitally de-aging him, which yeah. seems like they would do if they were placing him from that movie. But you know, who knows? Oh. I'm curious. I'm yeah. certainly excited about it. I just uh, have no idea what they're going to do. That's the yeah. fun part. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that is it. That is the weeks from the book. Uh, oh, my God. That's the weeks the books from, from the, the book. Week. Our new sign-off. Yeah. Uh, you can join us here next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. where we'll do it all over again with all different books. And uh, you can join us. Tuesdays at 2 o'clock p.m. where I do an unboxing at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex and I show you all of the new stuff that's coming from the different distributors, comics, statues, uh, trade paperbacks, etc. And um, You print t-shirts? I print t-shirts. I I do custom t-shirts, custom stickers, and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Very cool. Uh, Also, too, like we we post stuff uh, along the week. JD did a thunder round on this book. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man Spider Shadow. Spider Shadow. Yeah, I did. Um, but I, I also got to record a video for about Bad Idea Comics. If no one's heard about them, give that a give that a look. It's very interesting yeah. what they're trying to do with their sales model and middling uh, responses. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you look yeah. at Bolt Pop YouTube channel, it's up there now. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great Sunday, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA.